Well, welcome back to the. Thank am you. I recording? Are we recording? We, um, Have you pressed record? There's a uh, high probability of that. Probability. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is there equal probability that this will actually? I mean, imagine. Fully be recorded imagine. Or? Here's how I want to do the podcast today. Imagine that it's just you and I talking, huh. and nobody's listening, and this will never go out to the massive, massive audience that listens huh. to this podcast, so, which is, I heard, in the dozens mm-hmm. now. So you're <clears throat> asking me to trust you that you're not actually going to put this out? I, I'm just, I didn't ask you to trust me. Mm. I just said, talk to me okay. as if it's just us in a room okay. without any sort of recording devices. Interesting. Well, you know, it has been a while since we've recorded. Yeah. Oh, and, the, and, and your fault. Well, mm, I mean, at least Feel like 49% it. of it is my fault. Hmm. Okay. But as we were just batting around some thoughts about things that we want to talk about in future episodes, we got a lot of ideas. I mean, at least enough for two more episodes. Mm, maybe three. Mm-hmm. Maybe three. Um, but one of the things that we've never really talked about on this podcast, even though. We are both Baptists, probably pretty clear, Mm -hmm. that we don't baptize infants. It's why we don't baptize infants. Hmm. And we love our Presbyterian brothers and sisters and other denominations of true faith that baptize infants. Um, But why, why don't you baptize babies at Deer Park? Yeah, I, I, numerous reasons. Um, so perhaps we can, um, we could make this podcast episode really long if we wanted to. Mm. So how about I give like, um, I'm thinking like the short version. Okay. Let me give two, let me give three and let me give three reasons. You why. said two and then now you're saying yeah, three. Yeah, now, now I'm going to say three okay. because I'm Baptist and okay. I usually, don't you have three points, three points. in your sermon? I, I see where you're going. So it, this plays on a lot of different. Yeah, a levels. lot of levels. Yeah. Uh, so, I first, I'm convinced of Baptist covenant theology. Okay. So, as opposed to Presbyterian covenant theology, which I know we're not trying to necessarily make this a podcast episode about right, covenant right. theology, right. but I'm not convinced of um, one covenant, two administrations. And so that, that has not been a convincing way to me of... Uh, uh, reading the scriptures and and uh, can I just insert here, please? When you say covenant theology, you mean God's work in covenant from the very beginning, yeah, co- co- condescending to human beings, mm-hmm. right? Covenant of works in the garden, uh, obey me and live, and enter into glory. Disobey me and die. We fall. God gives the promise of the Redeemer to come. Promise being key word, key right. word, right? Yeah. yeah, and and all throughout the Old Testament, yeah. then the way that the Bible is. Is, is put together is that there is this covenantal promise and covenantal fulfillment that we see in Christ mm-hmm. and a series of biblical covenants that kind of carry this promise along. Absolutely. And, and, so and for perhaps listen- make it clearer and yeah. clearer as we move yeah. along. Yeah, so for the listener who, what is covenant, what do you mean Baptist covenant? It's, it's a way of understanding how the Bible is put together yeah. in God's promises to his people. Absolutely, right? absolutely, yep. But so that was that, one. That, that promise of God saving his people concluded in the new covenant yeah. in Christ Jesus, yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so my view as it relates to covenant theology is one. Um, secondly, the regulative principle of worship, um, uh, is, uh, a convincing, compelling argument to me, um, mm-hmm. restraining what it is that we 
do as we gather as God's church, and uh, and so we see uh, as baptism is talked about. You know, it, it's pretty clear that it's the baptism of of uh, disciples of, of of people that are um, professing the faith. Um, but the third one isn't so much related to baptism um, for me that I've I've thought on. Uh, a lot, especially over the last couple of years, but I've had conversations with some Presbyterian just brothers about this. Um, it, it has to do with the Lord's Supper, hmm. and and, uh, and so for me, um, uh, the, the Lord's Supper is to be t- all those that are baptized in the visible church should be able to partake of the Lord's Supper. And so, like, when I am fencing the table, you know, we practice communion every Lord's Day at Deer Park. Um, a part of fencing the table from the pulpit includes this, um, uh, just this reminder that uh, we don't require, so we don't require, I don't, I don't think you guys do either. We talked about this a little bit last night, I think. We don't require membership of our particular local church Correct. to partake of communion. Correct. So if we've got somebody, you know, a Christian family visiting from out of town or something, Correct. we would not right. prohibit them from coming to the table. And so, um, uh, which can make sometimes fencing the table a little more challenging. And so that, you know, comes yeah. with that it's cons. But the... Um, uh, one of the things that I say from the pulpit as it relates to fencing the table is that uh, all people who are uh, confessing and repenting of sin and resting in Jesus Christ alone for salvation and have been baptized into the visible church are welcome to the table. And if that does not describe you, we just ask them to remain seated. And uh, and so that's kind of... Uh, something that our congregation hears regularly and uh and so if 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 i had someone uh that became a christian and and we begin even talking about the lord's supper uh, i would want to encourage them to identify with the body of christ the visible church through baptism as the lord's supper is something that's done with the church gathered, the vis- the visible church, right? And we're partaking of that. Okay, so are you following me so far? I am. Okay. I, you, I do like your hand motions, but I just want to. Well, remind I, you, you the, fell asleep, the, the, the so people, I felt like I had to link, go go over and. Well, the people who are listening can't see your hand motions. I just want to make sure. I thought they, this was being. No, this video, is not. This, this is not on YouTube. Video. This is just a podcast. How about that? Well, <clears throat> so, so there that there's that piece. So, I would feel uncomfortable from barring someone who has been baptized into the visible church from the Lord's Supper. Okay. I, 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 w- I would not want to do that. Um, and, and so, I, you know, I, I look at baptism as the first ordinance or the first sac- like the entry way into the visible church. And yeah. here, here you are among us, and now, you, you know, you're, you're taking the Lord's Supper with us, which is a part of, uh, you know, when the Apostle Paul gives instructions that we should be discerning the body of Christ. Right. Right. Baptism is a marker of okay, who's the who's the, who, who is the body of Christ, you know, and and um, and so um, uh, with that, with with instructions that we see in the New Testament as it relates to approach approaching the Lord's table, we do see again, we see the discerning of the body. Right? We're not taking it as individuals by ourselves 
you know, some we're we're taking it as a corporate gathering, uh, as a corporate people at, as we gather. Um, the um, we're not to take it in an unworthy manner, right? We are to um, uh, uh, remember if some if somebody has something against us, we should go and make make things you know right relationally. And the act of taking the Lord's Supper is a proclamation of the Lord's death until He comes. Yeah. These are all things that an infant cannot do, right? And and most Presbyterians, I know that there are some Presbyterians, very few, that would baptize an infant and give that infant the Lord's Supper. Right. Right. That that's pretty few and far between. But I know that there are some that do that which I think has its own problems. Um, the majority practice of Presbyterians is to wait until the child has understanding before they partake of the Lord's Supper. Right. Right. And that is what we're saying we're waiting for, for baptism. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, no, it does. I mean, so, I mean, my three reasons, well, I don't necessarily have three, but I'll, I'll, I'll put them in three. I mean, it would be very similar to you as to why I don't think we should baptize infants. Uh, jokingly, I tell people that we do baptize babies. We baptize baby Christians, right? Meaning people who profess faith in Christ. They're, at, they're most immature they're, there. Yeah, they're new yeah. believers. They're baby Christians. Absolutely. And the next step is... To, to and let's baby. revisit that in a minute, too. Put a pin in that. Okay. All right. Keep going. Um, so... See how I'm actively listening I, I, to you. I see that, and the hand and motions. Affirming, are, the hand motions <laughs> are just wow. I just, we got to get. You're this rubbing on video. your head right now, like you have a headache. But uh, I don't have a headache, going. but uh, but covenant theology would be one of them. Mm-hmm. Now, even if a person holds to a more traditional Presbyterian covenant theology, mm-hmm. one covenant of grace, the whole Bible, all the covenants are just the covenant of grace. You still could make the argument that covenantal signs sacramental signs are always prescribed by positive law. So there's a difference of law, right? Moral law, mm-hmm. Ten Commandments summarizes it, it, abiding always, every time, every people, every place. But positive law would be those laws, we talked about this before, those laws that are uh, posited or put forward for specific covenants, specific times, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, Abraham didn't have the positive law of taking the Lord's Supper like we do, right? It's a positive law in the new covenant. And so you could even make the case in that form of covenant theology that now that we're in the new covenant, quote, administration, positive law is what defines our sacraments. But from probably the more historic Baptist covenant theological position, you don't arrive at the church being professing believers and their children, right? You arrive at all of those things, or family, kings, prophets, all that. It's all typological of things that are to come. And now that we're in the new covenant, yeah. right? The family of of God is those who profess faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Galatians three, you yeah. know, twenty seven and following. So, covenant theology is important, but even even for me, whichever kind of reformed version you follow, even if on, it's more Presbyterian, you still you, have that issue of what has been put forward. And prescribed, which relates to the regulative principle mm-hmm. of worship. But what's been prescribed for worship? But for me as well, the the Lord's Supper um, is an issue. You know, I take that passage in First Corinthians where it speaks to discerning the Lord's body as primarily discerning Christ's body. That 
we are to discern his body and that when we hold this bread and we take this cup of wine in our hands and we uh, partake of them, that we are to discern that those elements, which remain elements, mm-hmm. are signs mm. of Christ's body. And then secondarily, we're to look around and be reminded that we're we're a part of mm-hmm. his, his people. Um, so I, I, like you, don't think an infant can discern Christ's body. Yeah. But if that infant were baptized, then... I'm essentially functionally excommunicating a baptized from the table covenant member, yeah, which is a, which is what you do when someone's under church discipline, right? Or yeah. when someone's not a believer, yeah. right? They're they're there, they're visiting, they're not a believer. You fence the table, yeah. but I'm saying a baptized person, correct? If you're forbidding a baptized person from coming to the table, you're excommunicating. That's a, yeah, that's right. a disciplinary. Yeah, action. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So for for those reasons. You know, I think we could get into some other secondary reasons. I, I don't think a lot of Baptists make the argument, hey, baptism, the Greek word baptizo means to immerse. That's all we need. And I'd say, well, that so, word has yeah. a range of meanings. Absolutely. And I think you have to be careful not just making that. I think yeah. it's larger than that. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, one of it's the, more than proof texting, too. I mean, proof exactly. texting is not the way to argue for uh, the baptism of believers. Correct. Yeah. And I think it's not just a New Testament yeah, thing. That's exactly right. We, as Reformed Baptists, would have a, bat, a theology of baptism that, that starts in, in Genesis. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, one of the best treatments of baptism from a Reformed Baptist perspective was a series of podcasts that Jim Renahan gave uh, last not year. Not too long ago. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't listen to all of those, but the I've listened to some of, of those. President uh, of International yeah. Reformed Baptist Seminary. Great series of podcasts where he just kind of walks through Old and New Testament, early church practice, what kinds of baptism were happening. When someone heard the word baptize or baptizo, <clears throat> In, in the first century, in Jesus's day, mm-hmm. what would they have thought of? Mm-hmm. And, and all of these kinds of things. I think one other thing is it's important to say, is baptism a replacement for circumcision or is baptism a replacement for something else? And our mm-hmm. Presbyterian brothers and sisters make the argument that, hey, you, you circumcised uh, male children in the Old Testament, New Covenant, you baptize your, your children. And I think we would say... Male and female. They're, they're relate- yeah, male and female, which yeah. is already a difference. Yeah. But you... You, you may have to, to deal with, well, what is replaced circumcision mm-hmm. in the New Testament? Um, and what is what is baptism a sign of? So it's more robust than, well, you know what? We just believe that a Greek word means dip yeah, people in exactly water, right? right? Yeah. So there's a lot we could say mm-hmm. here, but I think those things that you and I are talking about are, are key issues. Look, though, I... Some of my Baptist brothers would disagree with me on this. I'm a little bit more generous when I think about the broader church of Christ and how, you know, I almost want to look at my Presbyterian brothers and sisters and say uh, they're attempting to do baptism Mm -hmm. and they're uh, missing some things. But I don't think that Baptists in the 1600s when we, when quote unquote Baptist started, mm-hmm. I don't think that was the beginning of the church. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think we have to make that distinction. Yeah. And I think this issue has been debated a lot. Yeah. So I want to maintain Christ has always had a people through every age since his ascension. Uh, sometimes people get sacraments uh, correct or less correct than others. Mm-hmm. And we've muddied those waters, pardon the pun, but Christ has always had a people. And so I think Baptists get it the most right. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a view that Baptists are the only Christians or that Baptists are the only people who think about baptism deeply. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And and some, some commonality being, you know, baptism really 
proclaiming uh, God's covenant faithfulness to save His people, certainly, yeah, and uh, Trinitari- the Trinitarian nature yes. of baptism being something that uh, links us throughout church history with those that we may have that's right have disagreements some with. with. Yeah. That's right. I mean, it, yeah. and you could make the argument that there's a naming ceremony in baptism, mm-hmm. right? That 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 baptism is not just us making a profession of faith, proclaiming something. Yeah. It is that, yes. Sure. But it is also, uh, reciprocally, God's proclamation of the covenant of grace yeah, that's upon right. the ba- person being baptized and the entire congregation yeah. observing. Yeah. So when there's a baptism in your church, if it's done biblically, um, meaning it's it's Trinitarian, it's proclaiming the gospel, it's, it is for everyone, yeah. not just for the person yeah, being that's baptized, exactly right. which yeah. this is going to... I want to avoid going down the road of it needs to be done in a church, not a nonprofit, not a pool back in my yeah. backyard. And it, that's it needs. Yeah, it needs to be done in a church. Correct. Yeah. And it, yeah. it needs. It's. It is. Sacraments belong to the church. Yeah. They don't belong to Christian families or, or Christian parachurch or parachurches. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now you said a minute ago you wanted to come back. I said something about baby. Yeah. Christians. Yeah. Yeah. So you and you're getting at it a little bit with even how to think about the nature of baptism as we're observing it in the context of our local church on yeah. the Lord's Day, right? The um, and so th- there has been this, um, I, so, so I'll give an example, you know, we baptized my, one of my kids mm-hmm. last fall Yeah, and he was six years old when we baptized him. And, uh, and, and I know that there, there's some dear Baptist brothers that would, um, Want that to be a lot older. Want that to be a lot older. Sure. You know, whether it's, hey, we, you know, I've heard of churches that have made that age 18 years old or, uh, but um, I, I, one of the things that I stress to our congregation is I'm, I'm really hesitant at the damage that I've seen done on expecting baby Christians, no matter how old they are, to have the type of mature, we almost see the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, mm-hmm. saying, I'm the worst sinner. I'm the chief of sinners. And we, imp- we, we take that and we, we, we place that expectation, that sort of mindfulness on a kid yeah. or yeah. on, you know, a, 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 again, a new believer. Sure. Who, but, but even especially on a kid whose, you know, disobedience and sins perhaps um, are, you know, uh, the extent of it is them being able to communicate to you their disobeying of their parents or their lying right. or you know they don't they don't have this big traumatic story of this life of you know that 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 some people have from a testimonial standpoint and so we we put that expectation and, and I tend to push against that from the pulpit yeah. here to to import that expectation onto or export that expectation put it on on children or on um uh, new believers. So they're at their most immature when they uh, are baptized. Um, and uh, and I want to emphasize that while, while it is a, a proclamation of Christ as Lord, that I, I, I want to balance that with this is um, a, a, um, a a sign that God has given us, a means of grace God's given us to proclaim uh, not just to the one being baptized, but to the the people that are gathered, the church, uh, God's covenant faithfulness to them. And there has 
been this overemphasis on it's my personal decision yeah. when the time is right. I play, you know, and and it almost becomes this. It's it's my personal faith. It's my it's my choice or it's my personal decision that saves me. Like the it's almost Correct. like the emphasis is no longer on God sovereignly saving on His timetable, but more so my personal decision to accept right that and and so i i tend to push against that um as well and so uh so just as as you know you were you were talking earlier that kind of um made me think about that but do you have any thoughts about that or well about push back the personal or, thing or the age thing or uh, either either one yeah so i mean I, I tend to agree with you i i think we need to be careful applying any kind of rule where the scripture doesn't. Yeah. I, mean, I think there are issues of wisdom mm-hmm. that in, in wisdom, sometimes by the light of nature and, but in a lot of cases, just spiritual wisdom, we can, we can say, Hey, this would not be wise, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the situation is. But as it relates to baptism, I think we have to be careful not putting an age yeah. because the scripture doesn't. And the scripture says that baptism is for professing believers. Mm-hmm. And we have every indication that baptism, uh, that baptism occurred earlier after conversion rather than a long period of time. Now, there were some instances in early church history where people would be catechized for a while to make sure that they really understood what they were renouncing and what they were embracing. And I think there's a place for that. But I I tend to, like you, say that baptism is not just for adults. It can be for professing children as well. And that depending on the child, you know, that, that child may be... Um, you know, in their teens, that child may be under their teens, right? Um, You know, we've got four children. Three of them are currently baptized. Uh, They were all baptized before they were 13. Um, So I think that's important to not put that rule. But then one other thing, I think some well-meaning Christians have children that are professing Christ. There's an accurate uh, profession of faith in Christ. They know the gospel. Mm -hmm. There are signs of fruit, Mm -hmm. which we have to be careful that we don't overlook for signs Mm -hmm. of fruit. But the parents have this understanding, or the church has this understanding, that they've got to reach an age. And the, the damage that I think that could occur there is the child subtly learns there's something else I have to have. Yeah, there's before something performative I can there. Yeah, right. Like because we rightly say you can't come to the table until yeah. you've been baptized. Mm-hmm. So some young, truly born again believers who are children or young teenagers cannot come to mm-hmm. the table because they've not been baptized. But they believe that Christ is their Savior, and wouldn't we want them to have access yeah, to the absolutely. table? So I think we've got to be careful in our desire to get baptism right, not to treat it, treat it flippantly and say, hey, anybody want to get baptized today? Great, come on down. Yeah. But we also don't want to delay baptism so long that we end up inadvertently teaching something about the gospel that's not that's there. That's not true, yeah. That, that could have an impact as it relates to a child's assurance of salvation yes. as well. Yes. Um, yeah, and, and I think some of that, uh, people that would be very hesitant to baptize their children uh, or wait until they're 18... It comes from this place of uh, perhaps a history of well, I was baptized three or four times Correct. because I can't trace when the Lord. You know, right, we want to avoid that too. Yeah, yeah, and and so you and I would uh, say we're not rebaptizers. We 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 don't want to Correct. rebaptize uh, people. And uh, I, I even wrote in my son's Bible when he got baptized. Um, is that allowed? Is that permit? You know, not not not. 
Well, you've said it. Yeah, I I did it before the table of contents. Mm, Okay. Um, But the, um, I just wrote him a note that he could go back and look at that just would tell him over the years, there are going to be times that you doubt your salvation. Um, But remember God's faithfulness to you by recalling your baptism. Correct. Right. And 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 so being able to walk your kids through through that yeah. or, you know, walk people in your church through that. Um I I tell my testimony different now than I did years and years ago. I you know, I was baptized at um when I was around seven or eight years old I was baptized. And yeah. um and uh, fell into to sin in my teen years, and the Lord and His faithfulness just really kind of shook me and woke me up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think for a while, and I, I ended up getting rebaptized, and and because I counted that as this is when God saved right. me. Yeah, and and that just kind of created from through my teenage years into my uh, early college years a lot of confusion yeah. about what my testimony was and and uh and unfortunately i you know was surrounded by people that uh weren't very good at helping me to discern that yeah. and um and so so i you know i i want to guard against that kind of stuff happening and at yeah. the same time i don't want to overcorrect and forbid uh, a genuine believer who is trusting in Jesus Christ from the waters of baptism. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, this com- that we started with the question of should we baptize infants, and and I think any conversation about this is going to rightly morph into what what is our theology and understanding mm-hmm. of baptism and how it's practiced. I think, you know, to 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 go go back to the question of infants being baptized. There's there's a lot that we're not going to be able to get into in this discussion and a lot of church history that we can't just recount in one episode. But I think it is an important question. However, some of my uh, present company excluded because you're not a Presbyterian, but some of my best friends uh, are our baby baptizers, yeah. right? Uh, Some of the people that have most effectively poured into me are Correct. Presbyterian. Correct. Yeah. I see what you did there, poured into you. you see that? Um, our, Submerged our, me, yeah, immersed me. Immersed you into the great mm-hmm. theology. But we're going to disagree on this issue, and I think it's very important. But I will say, I do think it's a second-tier issue versus a primary issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that in no way means that we shouldn't make it a crucial distinction. Um, but I, I do think that it is a secondary issue compared with other things like the resurrection of Christ and the Trinity and these kinds of things. Way more in common. Yeah, way more in common. So any other thoughts? No, I think that's all of them hey, listen, for now. It's good to be here. I know, in person. In person yeah. with you again. We haven't recorded in a few weeks. It's been a few weeks. It's, it's, you know, I, here we go. You make your living off of this podcast, so I don't understand why we don't have a podcast a day. Like, I'm a bivocational podcaster, Mm. but this is all you do. If you... If I'm getting checks from this podcast that I don't know about, please tell me where to cash you need them. Talk to, I, you need to talk to Christy huh, about that. Huh. Okay. <clears throat> well, dear listener, it's good to be back with you. We hope to be back uh, in a week or two and uh, talk to you then. Mm-hmm.